0: Coming to you from the Eminem Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia. This is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now.
1: I want to hear about the TED Talk. Oh, okay. So, how did that come about? So, because
2: that was huge for your. It's Business and yourself. It's crazy. Yes, it was huge. So it was 2017. My son was dating this lovely girl. I yeah. love her. And she and I were at the mall. He was babysitting. So it was kind of a reversal there. I was out with her. He was babysitting. Anyway, Fine. we were at the mall and we were getting smoothies. And she just asked, which is, I thought, a, a really, she was only 16 at the time. Very insightful question. She said, Mrs. Thomas, if you could do... Anything in the world, what would it be? And at that point in my life, I wasn't doing a lot of that type of introspection. So I thought, "Hmm." and so it came to me pretty quickly. And I said, you know, I would do speaking. And I said, and I would speak on big stages to a lot of people. And I would travel around to speak. And I'd never said those words out loud. And I, I'd never really let myself even think them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why it came out in the middle of the Dallas Mall, but it did. And it was just that moment and her asking me and so genuine and innocent. And so that was a Saturday night. Monday morning, I was in the shower. And I, I mentioned earlier, one of the ways to get unstuck is to move. But yeah. the, my best ideas are either moving or showering. Yes, <laughs> and so, Yes, always in the shower. So I was in the shower and my talk came to me it started to unfold in the shower because I thought well what would I say and at the time I wasn't thinking TED talk you know
1: whatever but if you were to speak what would you speak about what What would
2: my message be and most of it almost all of it just really came to me in the shower even I start my TED talk with the word overwhelmed and I let that word hang there for a second and even that came to me very specifically like this is what you need to talk to people about being overwhelmed how do you how do you get out of that? People don't want to be overwhelmed. And what do they want? They want peace. And so, how do you get there? What causes the overwhelm? How do you get to the... anyway? It's just all like blah, just like started coming out in my brain in the shower. And so three hours later, I got a phone call from my son, my someone I'd known for a lot of years. He had coached my son in track. And unbeknownst to me. I was completely unaware. He had applied for the TEDx license for Ashburn. Mm-hmm. And it's a long process. And they're very picky about who they give it to and mm-hmm. the processes that you follow and things like that. And so he had applied, but the actual license hadn't come through yet. So he had speakers lined up for this event that I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. that didn't want a couple of people backed out. They didn't want to come to Ashburn, Virginia to speak to a room full of people. They wanted to do a TED Talk. Mm. And mm-hmm. so they wanted to stand on the red dot. And so he was only two weeks out, and he didn't have the license yet to call it TEDx Ashburn. And so few people had backed out. Wow. And so he called, and he was talking. And I still didn't even realize where he was going <laughs> with this. Mm-hmm. He was talking, and he, he said, he said, I think you have a message to share and I said, you know, it's so funny. You say that blah, blah, blah. And I kind of caught him up and I still wasn't getting it. And eventually he said, well, I was talking to so and so and she's helping me fill this back up. And she said, we need more women. And, and I still wasn't getting it. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, do you want to do a Ted talk or not? And my mouth, my mouth did what yours just did. <laughs> just fell open oh. and I was scared to death. And I said, yes, but you did it. And you said, and I yes. said, yes. And he said, okay, it's in two weeks. And then I started to shake a little <laughs> yes. bit. Oh, <laughs> and so I, so I, so I started writing it out. I started thinking about it. And so it was on, it was on a Thursday, the weekend before I flew to Florida to see my college roommates. I still wasn't, ready still hadn't written out the whole talk i wrote a lot of it on the beach i wrote a lot of it on the airplane it was it was just really it was something neat and full circle about my life writing it with them because Mm -hmm. they're my oldest and dearest friends i've known some of them from high school and so it was really really cool just all poured out i you know asked them questions and so i got home on a monday I still wasn't ready. We had the run through on Wednesday. And keep in mind, I'm the only person here who I didn't, I wasn't really vetted. Yeah. Just the the guy putting on, you know, knew me and yeah. asked me so I didn't have to audition. I didn't, the people didn't know me. I didn't go through the right process. And I speak a lot, but I got there and my son had had a track meet. I run in and I thought it was just to find out about the mics and the stage and how is it all going to work? No, they wanted to hear. Oh. And so I got up there and something happened that has never happened before since. And I got the first couple of lines out and that was it. I froze. And so the room wasn't full, but it was all the speakers and the tech people and people involved at the event. And so I made a joke And I said, well, let's hope that doesn't happen tomorrow. (laughs) And and then by the time I made the joke, it came to me. And then I kept going on. But still, there were a lot of stares and a lot of hesitant looks. And so the next day, it went great i actually did i've never done this before but backstage i did like the whole superman pose and i really like did breathing exercises and i like grounded myself into the earth like everything i'd ever learned about how to be mindful
1: so here's a question how did you not shut down so the day before Mm -hmm. you froze how did you not let that eat away at you all night until the next day
2: so in the car so i left there and I was frustrated. Obviously, you're like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Yeah. And in the car on the way home, I said it out loud, and it was perfection. The whole talk? The whole talk. Oh, my gosh. I, as I was what driving, I did the whole talk. And my talk, I think on YouTube, it's 11 minutes and 44 seconds. But I did the entire thing in the car on the way home, and it was perfect. And I thought, okay, no, that you was just a it. glitch. That was yep. just a glitch. Now, I ran through it a bunch more times. But I finished... Well, what was funny is during it, so when I watch back my talk, the beginning part makes me uncomfortable because I think I'm smiling too much, Mm. but what was happening is those people that had been there the night before, you know, they're interspersed throughout the audience, and as I was talking, and as I was going, and I was up there, and I was doing great, everyone in the audience was... Uh, smiling and nodding, like, oh, my gosh, you're doing it. You're doing it. Good job. Thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up. And so I feel like I'm smiling too much when you watch yeah. it because what was happening is I was making eye contact with these people that yeah. were beyond relieved. like <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. She's not tanking. Oh, that's but, awesome. <laughs> but the second I was done, you know, go backstage and like came around and – one of my, well, a bunch of my friends were there, which was really, really sweet, and a lot of people from my lead chair and the chance just a lot of support. But I came around, and my one friend was towards the back, so I sat down next to her, and she said, "You did great." And the first words out of my mouth, was, "I want to go again. I want to like, go, go again." It's like a roller coaster, <laughs> like when you go on Riding a ride, a roller coaster yeah, for the first time. And yeah. so, it's like, yeah, you either
1: get off, you get off the ride, and you're like, "Never doing that again," or you get mm-hmm. off and you're like, "Yes,
2: yeah." Yes. I yeah. want to do that. Yeah.
1: That's like, so I went live, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I have not gone live, would not do it, finally did it. I literally hit end. I thought of a joke and I look at Jeremy and I said, I want to go live again to say this joke. And he's like, no, that it's too much.
2: <laughs> like, because I was like, is that too much to just cool do it again? It. Just cool it. <laughs> Save it for tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. But it's so funny that like, you I know, would, that feeling, I would I like I to do, do another again. one though. And nice. I think, because that was 2017 and I think a lot has changed. I've changed. Yeah. And... I didn't watch back my video Mm -hmm. for two years, the whole thing. Well, I watched it once, and then I never watched the whole thing again. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And it wasn't that I – this is getting super personal – but it wasn't that I didn't like it or I didn't like watching myself or Mm -hmm. hearing your voice because we all hear our voice. But honestly, the part we talked about earlier, like the – change as a result of action and action yeah. as a result of decision. I said that and I stood up there and I so confidently talked about how to get rid of your mental clutter and those negative voices in your head. And, um, and I meant it and I helped people with that. But I felt like a fraud. Yeah. Because there were changes I needed to make in my life and I wasn't making them. So I couldn't watch it back. But, but now I can. That's, (laughs) that's powerful and incredible. So I think I've always wanted to do another talk. And I think that that's what it will be around. I'm just not quite there yet, but that's, that's what the message will be. That's awesome. Isn't that convicting though? It is. It is. And I have to tell you, I was not kidding when I said that it changed my life. Yeah. It, because I didn't have any virtual coaching. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any virtual services, but people were reaching out yeah, and they were contacting me and they're saying, well, I really like you and what you yeah. said resonated and I want you to help me, which was like really affirming. But so yes. And
1: I'm glad you're sharing that because if people are hearing this, it's mm-hmm. of course, it's interesting to hear your story. Like, well, that's amazing for you, Carrie, but it's more, which it is. That's awesome. <laughs> But but for what I want people to hear cuz I've been people have been telling me this so hearing you say it it's affirming for me is that mm-hmm. people are going to want to connect with you because it's you. So whether right. it's your organizing business, your business coaching, if listeners, it's like if they want to do any dang thing, if they want to do a mm-hmm. photography, if they just want to like whatever their goal is, it's you're just walking it out. That you didn't right. even plan to it. You didn't even you just did this talk because you wanted to speak but people reached out to a, to a, to confirm and affirm whatever they want you whatever is inside of you and for right. me i would say whatever it's god created you to be like yeah. that's just yeah. so it's cool. a match to what they need right so thank you for sharing that and yes. you because like i said that's what that. i want people to hear is Like whatever it is about you. Because I'm telling myself this too. Same thing. I feel like if I were to listen to this, I'd be like, oh, I'm saying you should go out of your comfort zone and do something. But like, Mm -hmm. I know the things that I'm not doing. So.
2: I do have to tell you one more cool thing though of how it came full circle. Because remember what I told her was that I would travel and I would speak on big stages and things like that. Well, it took two, I mean, it's been almost two and a half years since my Uh talk, but those things are happening directly as a result of my talk. So, crazy. so, I'm speaking in November to my first true big, big crowd. He said there'll be anywhere from 500 to 1,500 people there. Awesome. So, that's my first truly big crowd. And then just yesterday, I confirmed my first overnight, like actual <gasps> traveling two times next year once in July and once in October. I will be speaking to an executive women's retreat. At a like world-class resort.
1: That's incredible. And if you need someone to go with you, yes, <laughs> I'm <am> available.
2: <laughs> no. uh, sadly, it's only been 24 hours and you're already like fifth in line. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. You
1: know, but, everyone you mentioned that to is
2: like, <laughs> I'm there. Exactly. I'm there. But, but it's That's really like, happening. Congratulations. And so I think it, it was a big lesson to me because oh, I was always it. minimizing my dreams. Yeah. And she, she made me say them out loud. And they're actually really happening. And if you go back, I mean, if I she need to wouldn't, take her, yeah, that's what I need At, to do. There you go. I need to take her with me. There you go.
1: But that's so. So if she wouldn't have, it's crazy how she, that one question mm-hmm. kind of started peeling back those layers in you. You were. It's just. It's. Gosh, it's amazing. It all lined up from ways that we just didn't even it think amazing. about. Any other thoughts from you, Jeremy?
0: Oh, so there was a, a one point during the in the beginning where there was the question, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. And I, you always tell the story mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what's the worst that can mm-hmm. happen. So I'm, I was surprised you didn't throw that out well, I'm there. I'm
1: trying not to always talk, talk, talk. Um, <laughs> I do. So I, th- I feel like, have I not talked about this on the podcast yet? So I was, um, so the what's the worst that can happen? I always mm-hmm. go back to that because... Years and years ago, it was um, actually 11 and and a half years ago, I was getting ready to go to my best friend's wedding. And so I had just gotten married a couple months beforehand and was traveling. So of course, no kids yet, but I was taking a train because Jeremy was going to drive and meet me later. So my mother-in-law was driving me to the metro station and I had to take a metro to the train, to this other train. And I'm just much more comfortable driving. I'll drive by myself for 16 hours in the car. Me too. But like- all these changes and then I have to pack. And so there was just a lot on my mind. And so I was, she was driving me there and I was just internally very cluttered, overwhelmed, and just started to probably have a little bit of like an anxiety attack, but not knowing at the time that's what it was, you know, just kind of like freaking out over everything. And his mom is very calm, not a worrier. And so she's like, well, what are you worried about? And I'm sure I said it. And then she goes, well, what's the worst that can happen? And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I guess the worst thing that could happen is I could die. Like, because uh, I, I just went straight to like- <laughs> The ultimate worst. Yes. <laughs> like that's the worst thing I could think about. Um, because I knew logically that I could say, oh, I might forget this or that. And there'd always be like, a, well, that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. So I went straight to the worst. I could mm-hmm. die. How is she going to come back at that one? <laughs> And she, I remember she just looked at me so calmly and she was like, "Hmm?" shrugged her shoulders like, well, then you'll be in heaven and everyone will miss you, but life will go on. And it was like, dang, you're right. Like if death, and I mean, whatever your thoughts are on death, you know, but for me, if if that's, you know, you're right, like life will move on and yeah, it'll be sad. But Mm -hmm. so like all the other stuff, like that was the biggest thing I could think of and it was just and it wasn't met. even
2: that bad yeah my so. mother-in-law had a similar message when i first got married i don't remember why <laughs> it's so funny those great mother-in-laws mm-hmm. i don't remember why but i something was going on and i was getting all frazzled and worked into a yeah. a, a tailspin and she said will this matter in 5 years yeah and she said, just use that as a guiding question. If it won't matter in five years, then you can relax a little bit. If it will, then yes, you need to figure it out. But will it matter in five years? So good.
1: Such mm-hmm. wisdom. I feel like my mom did the same thing. I remember being on a road trip and the kids, you know, I had toddler and babies and I was freaking out. And I remember her just kind of like, it's just not, you know, she has, yeah. you have the perspective of life when you realize, mm-hmm. I think that's why when you just... You look back, you're like, oh, it seemed like such a big deal and so overwhelming. Yeah. I always but- tell
2: people if there's one thing I could change about raising my kids, mm-hmm. I would worry a lot less about what they were wearing. Oh. Girl, speaking my language. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I especially with my older one, you know, you, you get better as it goes. But yeah. I just, I fought with him too much about what to wear. Yeah. And now really, I mean, he's 23 and he has a great job and he's in graduate school and he has a wonderful yeah. girlfriend. And like, he just got a dog. I mean, does it really matter what he wore when he was two years old? Like... <laughs> That is the one thing I would change. I love it.
1: So I've gotten that (laughs) advice. I feel like so, because I just love chatting with people. And so for me, that's something I took off the beam many, many years ago. So i you know, the kids, Connor just went to church last week in like athletic clothes because he got himself dressed and then he wasn't going to go because I was homesick. I mean, my daughter was homesick. Mm -hmm. And at the last, I started to say to him, hey, you need to put on church clothes. And he immediately was like shutting down, like he didn't want to do it. And I thought... Yes, I could get into the whole, like, you kids can't do that, blah, blah, blah. But, like, who cares? And then he changed his mind and he wanted to go to church. And I thought, should I bring up the
2: clothes again, you know? I know. And What's I thought, ultimately more important? If he
1: wants to go to church, who cares? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to put take take off that little, like, Ugh, what are people going to think? And be like, who cares? I know.
2: Who cares? I mean, there are time and place to be respectful. Yeah. And you need to teach your kids yes. how to show up to a job interview and yes, all those type exactly. of things. But
1: the overall – Yes, But at seven years old. When they're little. Yeah. Yeah. And even seven. That could be – but like, yeah, they're not – I have time because I I feel like what Jeremy and I did a lot when we were raising our kids when they were younger and they're still young, seven and nine, but – we can't do it because if we do it this one time, if he wears athletic clothes to church, he'll think he can show up at a job interview wearing <laughs> nothing. It's like that's He's damaged, damaged where,
2: for life. Yes, because yeah. like, that's where I
1: feel like brains go. You know, if if you sleep, you know, you don't want your kids to sleep in your bed. If they sleep in your bed one time, you are suddenly co-sleepers, and we're not going down that path. And it's like doesn't happen over one chill. Like yeah. relax.
0: So if so. Uh, if if the one thing you would change is to worry less about what the kids are wearing. What does that free you up to think about?
2: Well, probably my best memories with my boys was reading to them. Oh, I spent a lot of time, and they're both amazing readers and writers. So that's a that's a tip for you right there. You yeah. cannot Thank read you. to your children too much. Oh. Yeah. I could get up on a soapbox, but could I um, just let them read because they do read a lot on their <laughs> own? <laughs> nope, you have to keep reading to them. You have to keep reading to them. But anyway, I think it would have freed me up. Let's read one more book before we leave the house kind of thing, you know, like instead of fighting or tears or it just would have been more relaxed. Mm. I mean, I want them to think back and have, we talked about when you state your vision, like you have to, like, what's the feeling? Yeah. And so Mm. I want them to think back and remember the feeling of my love. Like I tell clients that all the time, they're not going to remember If your kitchen counter was always clean, Mm -hmm. they're going to remember what it felt like to be in your kitchen.
1: Yeah. It's two very different things. I Mm. bet if your sons were here, I I wish we could call them up right now because I bet they would say, (laughs) mom, I did feel all that, you know? So I think it's more you to feel that. Probably. you know, Because I bet for our kids, they do feel so much of that. And so it's for us, I think about what's the stress that I was under so that I could have enjoyed the moment more. Mm, that's good. Because I bet they have all those happy memories, but for you to have that, mm-hmm. just, just my little take.
2: No, you're probably right.
1: So, because I think about maybe. that. We, we did some parenting stuff, read some books of, you know, I don't know, when the kids, when I was just dealing with the stress of it. And I remember one of the things was the family mantra. Oh, I should have said this earlier. Sorry, oh, go please. on. I'll come oh, back to it. Oh, but just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad it sparked it. Um, but for us, it was happy, peaceful, loving home. And so we've said that okay. with the kids, Great like, place. like okay, we want it to be a happy, peaceful, loving place. Mm-hmm. And we can still be crazy, but peaceful as yeah. far as, like, just feeling good. So... We use that as going back to, is that on par with how we want to live our life? So
2: anyway, what did it spark? No, it just sparked it. You said like, what's well, a book that was life-changing and my kids are past this, but it keeps coming up with friends and mm-hmm. I keep passing this book around. It's called, Yes, Your Teen is Crazy. And again, I'm bad with names. I don't remember the author. Okay. Yes, but it Your is, Teen is Crazy. It is the only book that I've ever seen my husband read cover to cover. And I think he read it two or three times cover to cover. Wow. We've loaned it out to 10, 12 friends. It is so, so good. The bottom line in the book is what we've been talking about, is that Mm -hmm. come up with the non-negotiable things. Yes. What is non-negotiable? And then everything else, just relax about it. Let Mm -hmm. it slide. Let them have the freedom to explore. Let them feel that autonomy. And it's really, really good because he is now an expert in all these degrees and all this mm-hmm. type of thing. But he starts off the book in the very first chapter telling a story and you're thinking, Oh, this person's going to be like life in prison, like this horrible, horrible person and all they did. Well, it's him. And and that's yeah. the point of the book is that he, he did all these things and that, yes, your teen's crazy. And then he goes into the science of it and the whole, yeah. you know, frontal cortex and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it is the book I've loaned out and the book that, I would suggest to people more than anything. That's so good. I love that you said you have Mm -hmm. the
1: non-negotiables because I feel like that's where, and that's where we compare ourselves to other fam, like other parenting or people. Mm -hmm. And you could not even parenting, it's anything in life, but we all have, I think, different non-negotiables, Right. but we judge Mm -hmm. each other by things others might let slide, but they might have a non-negotiable
2: that we don't have. And And not having too many non-negotiables, yeah, it just frees your kids up to be themselves and to... Feel like they're in control, which is the battle. The battle is yes. always for control. So,
1: so. interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank it's you for a that. Very,
2: very good book. I would loan it to you, but I already have it loaned out right now. That's all right. <laughs> I think I'm going to need to get it. Yeah, we might have
0: to get it so we can read yes. it and yeah. then loan it out.
1: Well, thank you again for coming. Thanks oh, for welcome. joining us on the after show, and I hope you will maybe come back one day. Yes, definitely. it's so. very fun. Anything else, dear?
0: Look for clutter to c- clarity. Yeah. <laughs> On YouTube.
1: Yes. Yeah, we'll be watching that. Thank you. All
2: right, thank you. Yay. And that's the wrap for now.
0: Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by TwinMusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, m M&M and Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That
2: was the greatest thing I've ever heard.